0: Two polarized creatures, the Timorous Kyo and the Militant Maxi, have coincidentally crash-landed on a strange, unknowable planet. After a pleasant first meeting, they encounter the impish master extraterrestrial navigator, guide guide who informs them they are on the planet of Pan, an infinity planet where everything exists. Armed with this incredibly vague and nonsensical fact, the trio travel the land, the sea, and the various living fogs on a journey that will teach them about everything, whether they like it or not. When we last left our troublesome tourists, they had enlisted the help of the master soothsaying songsmith and are escorting her now to the Academy of Future Studies. All right, release her. (laughs) How did you feel?
1: Oh, fantastic. A little bit more hanging from the rafters therapy and the spa trip will have been worth the fee.
0: Interesting. You have spas on your planet.
1: Quick, write that down.
0: It could be important to something... Relaxing. Fine, good. But let's focus on this, shall we? The personnel file on Mr. Guy DeGuy, which you picked up at the Good Deeds Department before taking your trip to the Academy of the Future.
1: I told you that an hour ago. She what has a point. It? This is a bit redundant.
0: Merely making sure we're all on the same page. Will you for once let me finish?
1: Wow, what leadership skills. You're making the Sovereign Imperial Command look competent. No.
0: Remember where you are, Ms. The New, and what's at stake. Now then, tell us about the supplementary information you picked up at the Academy.
1: I can't see you putting it up to good use, but fine. I guess I'll have to tell you everything. We just arrived at this future Academy with the guitar
2: to Oh, yet to come. I'm so nervous.
1: That can't be a good thing for us,
2: if you can see the future. Oh, sorry. My guitar needs retuning, so I'm not seeing much right now, if that helps. To be honest, I don't know
3: if I'd rather know the future or not. I think it'd be too much pressure for me to, you know, live up to it. What do you think, Guy?
4: Well, far be it from me to downplay Ms. Prezopo's vocation, but I find unpredictability essential to my duties as an extraterrestrial navigator. My clients may be biological abominations, eldritch to the point that their mere existence would dissolve the most resilient of visual courtesies. But despite this, clients of mine, they would remain. Thus, I'd rather not preempt their appearance.
1: What kind of creepy clients did you handle before us?
4: Classified under the guide guide confidentiality clause, I'm afraid. Although, rest assured, compared to, whole Alternatives, You two are pleasantly plain and uninteresting.
2: Pluck! I'd heard this guy was kooky, but he really is balmier than a bread roll.
4: I'm happy to see my reputation precedes me. Speaking of that which is before us, it appears we have arrived. Satiate your eyes, my friends, on the Pantheon Academy of Future Studies, the home of soothsaying scholars, yielders of yet to come, and nostril flarers of the next big thing.
3: Oh, wow. These brickless buildings. Joy above, it's beautiful. Keo, look out! Huh? Wow. Oh. <laughs> Happy day,
2: that was close. Watch where you're going next time, genius. Yeah, for a second I had a vision of an older orange fuzzball wearing a pretty sick eye patch. Why is there a huge
3: point poking out of the end of that building? Take
4: a few steps back, Keo, and marvel. Marvel. Ugh.
3: Oh, joy.
4: Excellent marvelling. You see, you nearly collided cornea first into the central hall of the Future Academy, known as the rhomboid.
2: Why is it that shape?
4: Why is the rhomboid a rhomboid? What an existential question.
2: It's just symbolic. (laughs) Time is said to be cyclical, so the only way to see through it is to bend it out of shape. So, this shape is jagged and, uh, not... Circular! So, to represent how the university breaks the rules of time to look into the future. That's the gist, at least.
4: Well, if I weren't versed in humility, I'd claim you were stealing my occupation, Ms. Besopo. Is
2: your professor in there somewhere, Polly? He wishes. No, this is just for the big lectures. That and the occasional inverted seance. Hmm.
3: Well, when we're done with all this, can we take a look inside? That door says all welcome.
1: Why would we want to do that? It's not relevant to us. And don't believe the sign. This is just another brutalist theme park for the children of the social elites to snoot at the underclass and pretend they're actually improving society. Just one in a million where I'm from.
3: Well, I never studied anywhere like this, so it's exciting to me.
4: In that case, let's rub eyelashes with Pan's brightest mood lamps when we're done, shall we?
3: Um... no... oh... Uh, Polly, what's happening? Campus ah?
2: brainwave <laughs> announcement.
4: Ah, yes, the ah, campus inbuilt psychic broadcast ah, system designed to reach ah, into the minds of students and fire oh, bulletins at mind-blank range.
1: Isn't that brainwashing?
4: More like brain prodding. It's a temporary invasion, merely to remind them of the lecture ah, they need to attend or the reservation for the study ah, room, which they'll soon misuse as a recreational mm-hmm. space.
2: The normal wants me in his office. Now. Let's go.
4: Yes, let's.
2: Fine. Keo, stop staring and get starting. Whoa.
1: Oh, gruel dishes.
2: Maxi, it's... Clamp that
1: wet tongue.
2: Guys, come on.
1: We'll meet you there. Rest assured I'm not letting you both out of my sight. Can't you keep that file somewhere safer than hanging out of that blazer?
3: Sorry, my rucksack was in the ship when we crashed. You
1: crashed into me! And you should be more careful with that thing. You kept blatantly tucking it back in on the walk here. Might as well have read it out loud for all of idiot doom to hear.
3: Maxie, I- Firstly,
1: it's Manxus. Secondly, that file contains information on the guide. We need to find a way to keep him occupied so we can read it and find out what his deal is. Until then, we need to keep it safe. Who knows what could get out with it hanging off you like a thick grey tassel.
3: Okay. If you don't trust me with it, you take it. Gladly.
1: Honestly, the sooner we have what we need on the guide, the better.
3: Where are you planning to put it?
1: My belt has a fold-out pack with shape compression. I can tuck it into the back of my camos and no one will be any wiser. Grainus, I wish they'd covered this in basic training.
3: What if they, you know... Stare. Even without the
1: file? What do you think would happen if someone stared at me? Yep, yeah, I taken. Now come on, we've got to keep an eye on the TMI twosome.
3: Okay. Still hope we get to see the rhomboid though.
2: <sighs> I hate this building! so run down, and the acoustics are terrible.
4: It is a little on the dilapidated side, but I think its namesake would be proud. After all, this is the famous Hillary Despot building, and the grand despot themselves always had a flair for the inventively off-putting.
2: Okay, what do we miss? Hello, strangers. Not much. We're just in line for the head desk.
3: Is it just me, or does this building smell of fresh paint and cleaning chemicals?
2: It's the first day of the week. The cleaners are awake.
5: Hi, yeah. yeah, is it it's possible, possible like I, could I could get a, a spare, spare info new, car? new car. I, left I left mine over the den.
3: I'm sorry, I'm sorry,
6: Sir Carl, but our, our predictive database suggests that you won't return, return that info cap until two weeks after, after the due date, and that, that would mean a temporary, temporary suspension of your rental
5: card. Oh, come on, that's going to be a clerical error. Can't we just cut the middleman
6: out? I'm sorry, there's nothing I can do. I'd recommend you get in touch with the Master Fatalism Administrator.
5: Oh,
2: fine, okay, whatever.
6: Sophomores, they think they can change the future just because they see it coming. Hello, you're here for Professor Kenomore, correct? Yes. We need
1: to speak with him. It's a matter of urgent galactic importance.
6: Our database is well aware of the urgency, extraterrestrial. And Professor Canomor no insists on seeing you all immediately.
1: Well, good. Finally, some common sense.
6: Now, please submit yourself to the scam. The scam? Standard security procedure.
1: Oh no, I did not consent to a scan, especially from a bunch of creepy drones.
6: It won't take a second. Just don't sneeze. They're germaphobic.
4: I assure you, my dear Maxie, this is nothing to fear. The Predictive Academy community merely needs to confirm their own understanding of the world through research. They predict the future, so they should know exactly what you're bringing into the building. But should they be wrong, then more research is required. It's a simple, empirical experiment.
3: I really don't like this. Wow. If this technology were ever shown at the Matanai Institute of Science, they'd all die happier than
2: they'd ever have imagined. Oh, glad someone's enjoying this. It's gotten boring for me. They never find anything. (laughs) (laughs) Why does it tickle? (laughs) Oh, that'll be the feather duster.
6: Okay, that all checks out. Miss Presopo, you are in charge of escorting your guests. They're not to wander the halls or lick the wallpaper without permission. Understood? Obviously. Your attitude precedes you. Enjoy
3: your visit.
4: Excellent. I wonder what insights my old friend the one true master literary prophesy will incite for us today.
3: So... What does this Professor Knoe teach, anyway?
2: He's the head lecturer at the School of Foretelling Arts. If it's written or sung, or performed on a stage, he'll have read about it and predicted the future with it. (laughs) Now I'm nervous again.
3: That's why he's supervising your guitar predictions.
2: Supervising me fail, more like. But yeah, there is a master musical soothsaying lecturer too, but staff assignments get screwed up all the time. Admin troubles? No, it's intentional. They know admin causes headaches, so the uni's founders put awkward scheduling rules right into the constitution. They have to put people in the wrong place. Put lectures in inconvenient rooms. You know, stops admin bias.
1: That sounds nightmarish. There has to be some ideas to improve
2: that. Oh, they thought of a load at the last AGM. Decided the budget in 10 years time wouldn't sustain it.
1: Money, the true root of all headaches. I know
2: that all too well. You do?
4: Ah, the disquieting confinement of these pitfall-laden academic corridors, as though one were constructed by ever-decreasing naivete before one bursts forth into excruciating enlightenment.
1: Ugh, I forgot you were here. Can I burst you now? Shh. Uh, we're here. Rats. Fine. Well, let's knock on the door and.
5: One moment, please.
1: Hey, what's he doing in there? Is he hiding something?
4: If I know my old cohort, the Kuth professor is rereading his notes to confirm his findings before interruption. He's a stickler for precision. And the slamming? Likely an intimidation tactic.
1: Hey, open up! No how. We've got questions for you.
5: Just a second, have patience.
1: Just a sec.
5: I told you just a second was all that I required. The lock was timed for your arrival. Now, enter.
3: Yes, professor. Sorry about that. My friend's kind of in a holy happy days of glee. What is that thing?
5: Ah, yes. I had gleaned from this article on the potential insolence of self-declared civilized extraterrestrials that you'd indeed be perturbed by my physical form.
3: Oh, we offended you. I- I'm sorry. I'm not. He's hideous.
4: I take it that abyssally black spherical organisms with molecularly small eyes and a mass of spindly limbs hastily scanning a series of books and pamphlets suspended from the ceiling aren't typical sentient life forms on your planet.
1: If someone on my planet even saw a picture of this guy, they'd grab the nearest vacuum cleaner and set it to full blast. He
3: just looks a lot like a beast from the Bofa jungles. You see them on nature documentaries back home, usually eating pilots.
5: Indeed. And though I don't take offence from beings of your intellectual stature, I accept your apologies and deflect your incoming anger at my insulting you with a simple wave of a limb.
1: Hey, stand up and say that to my
3: face.
5: Wait, is he actually sitting down? <laughs> Top hat ho, good professor. Dear guide, we shall acknowledge our professionally amicable reunion shortly. You know I don't exchange pointless pleasantries during work hours. How
4: injurious of me to be emotional before five o'clock. It must be due to my freelancer schedule. Listen,
1: bug boy. Right now my patience is thinner than the web climbing up your spout. We've brought your student. We have the time. Now give us answers.
5: I see. Enough of this present banter then. I'll start with the abrasive one. Miss Prosopo, if you could wait outside.
2: Of course, let's just stretch this out further. (laughs) Uh, Uh, I mean, uh, of course, Professor, I'll, uh, stretch my legs further out there.
5: Don't stray too far. She will stray far, but that should weigh her with sufficient guilt upon her return. Now, Mr. D-Guide, Orange 1, please leave as well. I wish to address you all individually. I find it easier to tolerate a one-on-one conversation.
4: Very well. Come, Keo, let's investigate the faculty notice boards and see who's pining for an affordable cohabitation test tube this week. Are you going to be okay, Maxie?
3: I'll
1: be fine. Just don't let either of those two out of your sight. I'm, I'm counting on you.
3: Gosh, I
1: just go. He's already out of just
3: sight. Oh oh right, sorry. Oh hey guide guy, hold up. I need to see you with my eyes. And you believe a military medic
1: like me wound up babysitting a space joyrider and the Duke of the Planet of Funny Hats.
5: Well, in said babysitting duty, Miss the New, I must say you're floundering.
1: Excuse me?
5: I'm afraid act two of the classic play, The Loose Screw, tells me your associates are going to meet an unfortunate accident now. Ah! (laughs)
1: Crivens! What did you do?
5: Nothing. The floors have trapdoors embedded within them. Keeps the students on their toes. Until they fall down, that is.
1: What kind of Lucy screwy school is this?
5: If the students are truly clairvoyant, they'll know when and where trapdoors will activate. Don't worry, they'll be fine. The tunnels are padded, and it's easy to get back to the main campus through the catacombs.
3: (laughs) Oh, I'm sick sick of of falling falling down. down feels like my knees have gravel tattoos. Wait, where's Polly?
4: Wherever she is, I presume she's decidedly less gravel branded. I,
3: why am I the only one that's hurt? Did you float down here on your hat? Hmm.
4: I suppose I did. My subconscious must have screamed my reflexes to attention like some coiled phantasmal drill sergeant. Cheer up, Private Keo. The floors appear to be padded for our safety.
3: Oh, it's nice. Except I landed on a bottle. What the heck is buzzy froth, anyway?
4: Unsuitable for naive minds is what it is. Now then, Keo, let's investigate this cavern. Surely we can find an exit with our combined intelligence. Or failing that, our gravelly limbs.
3: I guess this is why I didn't go to university.
5: I'm right in saying, Miss the New, that you are not an academic, yes?
1: Yes only the chosen few get scholarships where I'm from. Those with rich mommies and daddies who'll scratch backs and tickle bunions to get little schnuckles into fast-track business and motivating courses.
5: Hmm, not quite a believer in academia, are we? I
1: was raised by the Militia. We don't need many books. Just strategy writing, manifestos on a brighter future, free from oppression, and some light romance novels for morale.
5: Well, I doubt I'll change your war-inflated mind. Nonetheless, look around you. What do you see?
1: Books. Pages dangling from what I assume is string.
5: It's probably best you assume. You see, my entire research revolves around the written word. Scanning these works from the past, I can foresee how any sentient mind can determine its own narrative in the future.
1: Why is this important to me? I need to know about the guide. That's why... You
5: took that file?
1: I don't know what file you mean. There's plenty of files here. Take your pick.
5: The file on your companion, guide-de-guide, hanging out of your belt with reckless abandon.
1: (sighs) Should have just gone for the back pocket. Just hope the guide didn't see it.
5: Believe me, if the guide did, he wouldn't pry. The last thing a person like that wishes to read about is something he already knows, and he knows exactly who he is. A
1: person like that? Just who the slop is he?
5: In a word... A guide. Do you
1: want me to snap those limbs like overdone skinny fries?
5: Oh, don't misunderstand my cryptic remark. He is, simply put, a guide. His job is indeed to guide you, and he sticks to that conviction. But where he is guiding you is a little harder to explain.
1: What does he want from us?
5: In a slightly longer word, information. He wants to guide you, to teach you about this world, but in return, he will get any and every available fact he wants from you as well.
1: Well, too bad for him. My mission is classified.
5: He already knows about your fleet and their reconnaissance goals, doesn't he? And if this file does not deceive my numerous eyes, I can see him learning much more in the future specifically about who is fighting this mission with you.
1: How can you know all this from a stupid file that has nothing to do with me?
5: Predictive study. Studying the wording of this file alongside these notes on teleology and narrative fiction, I can tell you what the reality around us is most likely to do next.
1: That's stupid. It's like fortune telling using the kinks in the baseboard or something. Hmm,
5: baseboards also have their analytics, But for me, it's words that paint pictures. And, incidentally, if this article on televisual propaganda is accurate, the guide will soon be placing a few more pieces onto his puzzle. <laughs>
3: I didn't think the lights in your head would be bright enough to light this cave.
4: Well, since they're based on my mental state at this time, I am channeling my entire mood They are a bright, obnoxious determination to abscond from this labyrinth. Well, here's hope we don't end up walking in circles. Not to worry, Keo. I've seen more right angles and curvatures thus far. A circular route can be safely ruled out in favor of quadrilateral futility.
3: I'll take that as a joke. But, but yeah, I just hope Polly and Maxie are okay. Can we trust this Knoemur
4: guy? Knoemur is an overwhelmingly ingenious mind with an unparalleled wisdom and cunning who could very well dominate the metropolis through intellect alone, yet he harbors an apathetic disillusionment with society so grand. It's surprising his synapses haven't inflated and sent him floating beyond the stratosphere to escape.
3: What does that mean?
4: Professor Knomore is an academic, too smart to remain recumbent doing nothing, and too intolerant of idiots to want to offer solutions to society's ills. So he sticks to his future predictions, and to the inner core with how the plebeian pan-centralites live and lapse.
3: I'd like to think I'd want to make society better if I had those brains. Well, it's
4: possible that such intelligence brings the revolution that sometimes one is best leaving swell enough alone. Halt! Go no further.
3: Don't stop now. We... we
4: walked into that one. Literally. You
7: may not pass unless you provide relevant information.
4: (laughs) what What's gotten into you? It's an incoming mineral notice transfer. Another university biotechnology. I'm vocalizing the wills of the wall in front of us, impatience and all.
7: I can't help it. I'm built by unitypes. They're all impatient. Now then, information.
3: What kind of information, mister? Um,
7: wall? Just answer my questions and the door on my left will open to you both.
3: Oh. Why do I keep
4: missing obvious things like doors in a wall? Okay,
7: first one I am currently inhabiting brain-wise. No, I really can't figure you out.
4: Well, I fear my mental barracks are too strong to be seized. Not to worry, happens to the best of them. Just tell me what you wish to know and I'll be happy to share. Does your mind have some kind of password? No, just a good mental firewall. Perhaps an exchange of information would work.
7: What can you possibly want to know from a psychically sentient wall?
4: It feels to be thick as a brick. Ah! Uh-uh. You're joking with a wall! <laughs> Oh
3: god, I'm laughing. I think my brain's broken.
7: Well, I've found all I need. Although, frankly, I'm on the fence about whether I regret taking it or not. Hmm, a wall
4: on the fence. What an identity crisis. Alright,
7: now for the alien. Me? Do you see any other aliens nearby? I'm talking to you, Squeaky.
4: What can I do for you?
7: Nothing much from you, just tell me your hair care regimen.
3: Hair care?
4: I think in this case the word fur is also
7: applicable.
3: I don't know what to tell you. I mean, my hair's a bit damp right now.
7: I know. They say walls have ears, but they also have noses.
3: Hey, I showered every day before I left Ganunia. I even trimmed my beard symmetrical before I went on my
7: daily errands. Kindly
4: put, there's no need to shout, my dear Keo. Enough. Tell me about this
7: beard
5: trimming.
1: Wait, the file says that the guide used to work for the Good Deeds Department. How do you know it?
5: Typical militarial never reads. Just wants instant spoon feeding from an instant spoony tongue. <sighs> Guy de Guide was a scholarly associate of mine. We shared many a private tube and attended many symposia on the nature, nurture, and neuter of the universe. Guy was a scholar here? Sages no. Extraterrestrial navigation has nothing to do with us. He was a member of the Academy of Tourism. It used to be a somewhat niche institution, but ever since the the pantheon elites began sharing their holiday snaps. Everyone yearns for travel and the chance to misunderstand and unintentionally insult civilizations new. But
1: he worked for the good deeds people. Why did he do that?
5: Well, helping strangers find their way is a good deed, in most estimates. He applied, they took him on. He never seemed like the scholarly type. He couldn't sit behind a desk and study papers all day. He'd rather roll around on the papers and try to make desk airplanes. So,
1: why isn't he there anymore?
5: Come now, can you really see him working nine-to-five at the Good Deeds Department?
1: Not unless the desk came with high-octane engine fuel.
5: Precisely. He always wanted to grow wings, that dear guide. Tragically, he's currently prohibited from the Pan-Central Avian Genetics Research Facility.
1: Well then, what do you think he's leading us to? Come on, look in your books, you book thing!
5: Let's see here. Cross-reference his good deeds, attendance record with his companion to pantheon Elite pub song histories. Quick glance at this appendix on public obfuscation. And? I foresee thus. Should you continue to follow the guide, you will find yourselves encountering something even more invasive than he and far more powerful to jot. I can't believe that Will was
3: just guarding an underground hair salon the whole time.
4: The university must have opted to expand its facilities without bothering with service permits. Cheap, efficient, and the gelatinous hair products remain cool and moist.
3: Feel a bit better, though. guess I did need to spruce up a little bit. The
4: bouffant suits you, and I was unsure what to make of you for the longest time. But it now appears you are indeed as slender as you looked, minus the caked layer of starship debris.
3: Okay, I'm telling myself that's a compliment. My curiosity is
4: piqued, however, and so I must peep about that peak. Come again? Those errands you said you ran regularly on your home planet. Those were a, a personal vocation of some kind. You mean a job? I guess, sure. Ooh. An approximate affirmation that it was
3: not an official title. A side project? Well, not really. I'm sort of a go-for. I go around asking the older folk if they need something done and, well, I do it for them. For a small fee.
4: Is there a vocational course for such a lot on Gnulia?
3: I didn't really go to a
4: university like this, if,
3: if that's what you mean. My family kind of do their own thing. They've got the land too.
4: An agricultural family?
3: Hmm. Uh, no, we live in the city. We just, you know, have a lot of space to ourselves. It's what makes us happy, so people just keep us to
4: ourselves. How disturbingly utopian.
3: What do you mean? Ah, what's that? It
4: appears to be some kind of televisual device attached to a long cable. It
3: came from that hole above. It throws a TV down a hole like that? That's dangerous.
4: Perhaps they mistook our conversation for the nattering of famished electrophagic
3: mites. Hang on, it's turning on.
4: How
8: interesting. For oh, okay. many reasons, Alien, I've been expecting you down here. Couldn't hide from me, could you, my friend? You see, I'm rather adept at digging deep as part of my craft.
3: You know that you've only just gone live. They didn't hear a word of that. Uh, what? But but,
8: but, 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 but but the timer was on. Oh, you told me before I started my bit.
3: You were in your stride. I didn't want to bother you.
8: Oh, well, is it live now? Hello? Oh, tedious blurbs were on. Ahem, greetings, Mr. The Guide, and an alien. I've been expecting you.
3: They've already heard that. Don't bore them or they'll change channels.
8: Echo, how can they be bored during such a dramatic happenstance?
3: You know who these people are,
8: guys? Their faces are familiar, but... Uh... Uh, hush, you can hear me now. That's all I need to know. Actually, that doesn't equate to all that I need to know, but best chords forward, as they say. Now, firstly, a reproach. Guide, I know what you're up to, and all I can say is you do well for the good of many things to stop it.
4: Aye. I'm sure you're mistaken, friend. My occupation is merely to guide,
8: and I keep myself occupied.
3: Oh, he's just as confusing as you.
8: Zivet and poked with it, Echo. Now, Alien, I've been watching you. You and your unhinged ally. Which one? Both of them. You may not know this, but I am someone who can be a great help. Both to you, and the angry one with the claws. More than Guy? Quite right, possibly. If my ears could burn, my hat would currently be sending smoke signals into the upper crust. Don't chide, Guide. Now, Alien, my request. I believe both of you have recently exchanged neutralities with a certain Professor Knoemur at this very university.
0: Knoemur?
8: This academic has information of grave importance to certain institutions, and he's reneging on his guarantee that said the information would be shared. Aha, a bounty hunting mission. Retrieving Knomor for your insidious purposes, are we? What
3: kind of information do you need from him? Oh, come now, Aiden. We're two shadowy figures on a television screen that has plummeted into a catacomb, demanding you take on a sinister mission without elaboration. Do you really think we're going to share our intentions just like that? Then
8: why should should we trust you? you? Right now, your other friend, the angry one, is in Knomor's presence. He may be giving her that information as we speak. And that might put her and you in unspeakable danger. What danger? Nice try, but they won't speak of it. I can give you my word that I mean none of you harm. Believe me, I can't do you harm. The guy should have enough of a knowledge of how things work around here to vote for that. I confess I am 99% sure this is the truth.
3: you say Maxi's in danger.
8: Uh, potentially, a lot of people are in danger. This is a mission for the good of a large portion of Pan Central, possibly Pan in its entirety. All the matters now is that you tell Knoemur to report to Longmorn immediately.
3: Longmorn. Will he fight back?
8: Oh no, he's an ardent pacifist. Most future people are, They know conflict never ends very really well for them. And don't worry about the hows, you've made it this far. I believe you can go further still. Just get to that office and get Knoemur to come to Longmorn.
3: Do it! He's a crazy person!
8: They're already suspicious of me, Echo. Let's not give them unnecessary fodder, shall we? Well, it
4: seems we have a duty unto our colleague. We must retrieve Maxie and her seemingly aloof capdork no more. Onward, my Hirsute ally!
3: Wait, Wait, who, who was, was that? that? Guy, why, why does, he does he know, know you? you? And what, what about Knower? what
1: you're still not answering my question. You're just babbling nonsense like the rest of the freaks on this rock. Now, what is the guide up to?
5: I've told you, Miss the New, he is guiding you, as his job description. And though the destination is a little more complicated, I foretell he will cater to both of your needs in time.
1: My needs? How is he catering to my needs? I've told him stupid amounts about my mission, and I'm still no closer to getting back. I'm looking at a court-martial if my blabbing gets back to
5: you. Oh, he doesn't want to involve himself in your mission, I assure you. I know him better than my own past, though I do have a terrible memory. No, his interests are more... universal.
1: And what great and powerful wizards would want to know about my mission?
5: The Pantheon Elite. Who? Who? The senior governing body of this entire planet, although they really only enact edicts in Pan-Central these days. The rural landscape is a distinct dearth of rulable people, most of whom see politics as that thing that makes a city so expensive. And just
1: who are these elite?
5: To my right is a photograph of the current elite members upon their first visit to the university after the caloric pandemic. Thirty members strong, all masters of the most important aspects of Pantheon existence.
1: Ugh. Not exactly elected for their looks, were they? And what does Guy have to do with them?
5: Well, I believe it's customary for extraterrestrials, upon their impact on a new planet, to request that they be taken to their host's leaders. I see that sometime in the future, Guy will grant this request for the two of you.
1: Leaders of the planet. Oh, I should have thought of that sooner. I'm not sure they'll take kindly to getting dragged into a galactic war,
5: though. Don't worry. Your war above is minimal to them. Pan is ideologically and existentially neutral. Unfortunately, the elite will consider undisciplined criminal activity a far greater concern.
1: Criminal activity?
5: the pantheon elite do not take kindly to unlicensed criminal behavior and there is past criminal behavior in your party miss the new moreover if my cross-referencing de guide's file with this book of purposefully vague sonnets tells me anything in rhyme these crimes will cease to be a boon and gain comeuppance very soon
1: one of us is a criminal I wonder who
5: I know you're thinking of the guide but I honestly cannot say for certain all I can say is that it will greatly alter the direction taken by yourself, and the guide, and the flighty orange one.
4: Kia, my boy, I assure you that it's nothing to worry your bulbous little head over. A pantheon on an erstwhile filipendulous monitor would rather not lie to us about Maxi's peril. How do you know? He was on a monitor saying something while on the screen is a surefire sign of veracity.
3: Well, I just want to get us out of here first, then we can worry about Maxi.
4: Aha! Uh-huh. I see a light. A light? Shining bright! I can only see the lights on your forehead. Well, look around this corner, Sion East, and you'll be locking eyes with our freedom, my fighter!
3: Is that a room? A oh, canonicus above! It's a normal room! Oh, it's not a drippy, creepy catacomb. It's a standard, boring room! Oh. Thank joy in the sky. I never thought I'd miss fluorescent lighting. And if my
4: gesticulations are correct, the door over yonder should send us stairward to the campus once again.
3: Now, we've just got to get back to Maxie, and quick.
4: Mark, Scholastic vagrants! What? Who's there? Hey, what are you guys doing in here?
3: Trying to find the exit? You can't just wander in here. Our society has booked this room for the next two hours. Society? Ah yes, student
4: societies. If the university landscape were a living, breathing body, then student societies would be the good cholesterol, keeping it warm and content, and occasionally clogging it up during festivals.
3: As the leader of FIPS, I have booked this room for our weekly reflection time. It is the only room I could bloody well get as well, and we are not going to stand for some random anarchists ignoring the rules. Again. I'm going to talk to the union activities leader about this. See if I don't... I think there's been a misunderstanding. We're not students here. We've just gotten lost. Not students. Well, now that you mention it, you do look a little air-headed
4: for the uni scene. Well, I
3: thought intelligent people were supposed to have empathy. Empathy doesn't get
4: you a sodding room. The
3: Phipps will be here any minute, too. Phipps?
4: Ah, yes. The renowned forward into the past society.
3: That's right. I am the elected leader of the society that looks to the future through the past. So, what do they do? From my
4: experience, mostly sit around singing, talking about how good things used to be, and claiming that things will be better once people stop enjoying things from the past solar cycle.
3: That is an insult? We reject Future Sight's ignorance of the past, and look to bring said past into Future Sight by making new what once was old. So they're nostalgia hunters.
4: In a sense, although hunters may be a little too active, I'd sooner use the term petitioners.
3: Oh, that's it. You get out now or I will slap you both silly with this copy of Great Prophetic Arias of the Coughing Age. Oh, chrome handles,
4: here they come. They're never this early defeats the point of you're early. Okay, come on, out. we're going, sheesh. Although, please inform me of your next pining purist recital. I'd love to hear some of the classics sung just the way they were way back when, with no novel input or ideas whatsoever.
3: Oh, it's you. You're super early, especially for you. What brought this on? Guy, Maxi's- Very well, we best be moving. I'm sorry, again, but we've really
2: better- Polly? Oh, so this is where you ended up. <laughs> Nice hair, Keo. What are you doing here? I'm a member of Phipps. And after I retuned my guitar in the corridor, a vision came to me that Clowmore would be taking his uh, sweet time with Maxie. So I realised I could slip away to this for a bit. You know these two. Why didn't you say they'd be here? My guitar just told me it'd be worth coming. I didn't see these two anywhere in the vision. Well, we can't stay either. Maxie's in danger.
4: Danger? With Knoemore? Well, I've heard (laughs) rumours. No time, I'm afraid. We must move swiftly to extricate her from her predicament. Miss Presopo, would you mind accompanying?
2: Well, I really shouldn't miss another meeting. I'm aiming for social secretary next semester. It's fine. You've shown up twice in two months. That's definitely a record for social sec. (sighs) Okay. I'll see you whenever, Edith. (laughs) Come on, guys. I'll take us back to Knoemore. Right. I just hope we're not too late. Oh, don't worry. It's not too far from the top of these easy-to-run upstairs. Well, where do they lead? The rhomboid main hall. So what? Oh, whoa. We're inside
3: that building. Sweet rapture. It's beautiful.
2: Keo, are you
3: good? So much going on all around me. So much all in one place.
5: Oh, God, not again. Keo, my oh, boy!
3: What? Oh, yeah, Maxi. So
1: how do I know you're not making all of this up?
5: You yield from trusting a prophesying academic?
1: I yield from trusting someone on this planet. And besides, you scholars are all the same. Easily superficial words dressed up in isms and ologies. But I know none of it actually means anything in the real world.
5: Do I detect the gung-ho tract of anti-intellectualism? My reading tells me the Suverenian Empire is rather fond of that stance. I
1: fight for Fang Nis.
5: Ah yes, a matter of life and death. Sounds fun if you're a fan of short-term serotonin.
1: So you know about the Empire? And what do you care? You're on a planet where apparently nobody dies, which is complete slop globules if you ask me. Nonsense. You're all just biologically abnormal.
5: Is immortality not a biological abnormality?
1: So is talking back to a military officer.
5: You still doubt, but it's true. Pan is officially documented to be an infinity planet, one where everything possible is extant and occurring all at once.
1: That makes no
5: sense. And furthermore, it is no lie that I can see deeply into the future. Now, I want you to think critically for yourself. Imagine.
1: Imagine what? Everything?
5: Your clothes. But where you dare to stand is too matter-of-fact. Your views are shrouded by your own tension and fear. And I fear that if you want to make the most of the future as I see it, you need to ask more questions, be more open, and above all, prepare to not get precisely the answer you want.
2: We'll
1: answer this question then. How do I get back to the end-time sisters?
5: Ah, yes, your merry band of freedom fighters. Do
1: not mock the military youth!
5: Oh, far from it. I admire your gumption to return to them, considering what my reading tells me about their work with you.
1: What do you mean? I'm their first medic.
5: Well, Deguide's psychological profile here suggests that he receives great motivation from those who, well, putting it delicately, cannot fend for themselves.
1: What are you saying about my sisters?
5: Not your sisters, Manxus. You.
1: I'm not... <laughs> I get it now. You're in on it too. You know this isn't an immortal planet of everything. Everything has an end. I know that, and I know you're wrong. In fact, you're wrong on two fronts. One, that I can't fend for myself. And two, that you're going to live forever. In fact, let me prove both of those things to you, Professor, with one quick piece of physical evidence. Don't touch
3: that medic! Uh,
4: Oh. You're not doing anything to her.
1: No genius, he isn't, but I'm about to.
4: It appears our heroic entry was premature. Maybe we should leave and return when we hear muffled, high-pitched yelps. No, that means we've arrived just
3: in the nick of time. Maxie, we need to deal with this professor.
1: Glad we're on the same mindset. What's with your hair?
3: I was told it made me look more relaxed. But he's dangerous.
5: He knows something.
1: Knows what?
5: I don't know. Well!
1: BREAKING NEWS!
5: Might I have a say in this? I haven't seen a script yet that presages this eventuality.
1: Keo, who told you something about Spindly Bendly here? Was it the guide?
3: Because I've warned you about-
4: Tragically no, although being the subject of caution is always a welcome thing, thank
5: you.
3: No, it was Thingy. What did he say his name was?
5: Who would wish ill on me? I dare say I haven't burned many bridges, although I've never liked wooden bridges to begin with. Such a waste of potential morning reading material. Longmorn! What did you say?
3: Longmorn! That's who we saw! Professor Knomore
5: is to report to Longmorn immediately. I confess I, I did not foresee that name being uttered from your shaggy tangerine lips. Aha!
1: I knew you were a fraud. You can't see the future at all.
5: The future is written in these texts, Manxus the New. But one cannot read every word at once. One must turn the page. And now a page has been turned. I have something I must do.
1: Oh no. You raise your insect arms to any of us and you can consider my claws worse than any rolled up newspaper.
5: Fight you? Why ever would I do that?
1: You're being threatened?
5: My good Mr. Kotoev, Do you know of my charges and my impending punishment?
1: Yeah, Keo. What did he do?
3: Something
5: about information.
3: Why
1: did I bother getting myself geared up for a fight at
4: all? First rule of academia, Maxie. The conclusion of academic activity is never satisfactory.
5: We scholars aren't interested in the full truth. Just the kernel that raises our eyebrow the highest. That's which simply makes us curious. Now then, I suppose I had better see you to my little summoner. The fact that he felt the need to come through you is both concerning and insulting. But I'd sooner plug his synapses than those of the Pandian elite. <laughs> the elite. Farewell, all, and if I may be trite for a cluster of jiffies, remember that the future isn't written out by you entirely. Some of the words will come from those who know you. Prosepo, we shall continue our discussion in your next one-to-one. Great, looking forward to it. An experience seeing you again, de guide, and uh, take care of these two. They'll need it.
1: I am sick of you weirdos being so cryptic. I still have so many questions. Ask away. Not for
4: you. Well, if you change your mind, I'm content to crack your cerebral cortex and give it a thorough M.O.T. Now, there's no use standing around in the ectoplasmic juices of a put-out professor. Ew. Let's away to our next adventure. Psst! Kia. Ugh. 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 Oh,
1: get over the floor. Here's the plan. I'm taking the file and whatever else I can from this room.
3: Maxie, I
1: look. We're being watched. Someone wants to use us for something, and people can read us like open books.
3: Open
2: some books?
1: I think you know what I'm getting at. You're smarter than you behave. Let's see you put that to better
2: use from now on. Uh, hi. Um, I'm still here.
1: Oh, don't worry. I trust you. Or at least, you're clearly no threat. Now we better go. But first, Keo, I need details on who you and the Purple people spoke to.
0: Well... And you just told her? Willy nilly? Emphasis on nilly.
3: Maxie and I were in this together. I was likely the only person she trusted. Granted, she tried to kill me when we first met, but... Exactly.
0: And she has already told us everything she knows. Just as she then told you everything she had learned. And in return, you shared your knowledge of the man in the monitor. Information which you shouldn't have gotten. Stop.
3: Just stop. Enough about all the information. You promised you'd tell me why you need it.
0: Herb, don't worry. You and the Grey One will know soon enough. He is His my freeze. Where's the evil at, Baron Von Demon villain? Look, we are running out of time. This is a I'm crucial am just saying, they want to make this about you, Mr. Gambit. I'm just saying, they want to
3: make this about you, You kidnapped me. us? I'm 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 no, like seriously, how I'm do you guys I'm get dressed in the morning?
0: Don't get me started. Why do you think we wear in clothes? We like to get every time to go for a break to
3: see details
0: of our villainous show.
2: the sky with your one glassy eye there's a sun that's as bright as a the day there used to be many there could be again if we both had the will for the way look at the spray of the ocean at play it could drown Fear. It's the reason we're here That's how millions of you came to
0: be Keo and Maxi's Adventures in Everything is a chemical imbalance converted to audio format, created and written by Stuart Dunlop. It starred Rowan M. Shergold as Keo, Carpenter Lockwood as Maxi, and Ben Swithin as Guide a Guide. This week's special guest pantheon was Alex Spacey as Professor Knomore. The entire Keo and Maxi team wish Alex all the best for the remainder of his PhD. May your books be well-read and free of silk protein. This episode also featured Hannah Fletcher as Echo, Anastasia Glover as the receptionist, Megan Hunter Powell as the leader of Phipps, Eddie Grumbles Midgley as the grumbling student, James Mitchell as Longmorn, and Moa Myerson as Polly Presopo. Theme song composed by Daniel Live and performed by Moa Myerson. This episode was edited by Stuart Dunlop. Gio and Maxi's Adventures in Everything is a 2 Strangers production. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram to find out how we shaded the planet of Pan for the logo of the next episode. This this episode was made possible by our friend, the Master Cannon Loosener. Ask him now about the latest edition of his best-selling book, Rules, and when to play with them.
4: Even the President of the United States puts his trousers on one day at a time.
3: <laughs> what? Who's there? Can I just... Sorry, Scholastic vagrants? <laughs> that really... That whole... Life- Mark Scholastic Vagrant's really oh, got my me. My favourite webcomic. Scholastic Vagrant was how I existed at university. That's <laughs> um, a mood.
4: Scholastic Vagrants to scourge your loathsome loads.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Baron Von Diemen Villain is my drag name.
3: <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> Baron von, I've got another one. Baron Von okay. Diemen uh, Villain is uh, was the original name for him from the Powerpuff Girls.
3: <laughs> that was very good. Very good.
1: Ding, 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 <laughs>
3: Oh, it's not a dreepy, creepy. Ah, I can't creepy speak. Boys, keep you the <laughs> <speed>. <laughs> creepy, creepy. He just looks a lot like a beast from the Bofa jungles. You see them on nature documentaries back home, usually eating pilots. Oh, it's a good thing
1: you're Indeed.
4: on a pilot, then. Here, my boy, the Bofa what? <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> what? <Not> for <laughs> <laughs> Yeah! yeah. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Sorry, is this some kind of joke? And, and knowledgeable to understand?
4: <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Yes. Uh, it is this generation's up dog. <laughs>
5: I'm not falling for that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Sorry, Saw coming. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> okay.